0: feeling
1: about this Welcome to episode two hundred and thirty-three of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhardt. And I'm your host, Will Whitten. And we're coming at you with a First episode of 2020 Which I totally forgot It
0: was 2020 until about I don't know, four minutes ago This is the year that I thought the future Officially started as a kid You know, like when, when you when you Say in the year 2020 You know, like when you say that In your head as a kid, you're like, oh shit That's the fucking future, yo in 2005, yeah, that's close But 2020, flying cars Jetpacks, that's I'm I'm be able to rent a hotel room on the moon
1: Uh, shit so for me as a kid um given our slight age difference you know what year that was for me what what was it the year 2000 i see as a kid the year 2000 was the year i was like fuck yeah robot pants flying cars time travel contact with aliens you know what i mean
0: right speaking
1: of motherfucking robot pants um what was i doing Oh, I was eating breakfast. I was at the table. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess I was eating breakfast at the table this morning. And Jesse was telling me that apparently Toyota is, because um, CES is about to be going on, the consumer electronics show that happens every year in Vegas. Okay. And she was like, I think Toyota's going to be unveiling robot pants. And she showed me this picture and. I'll be damned if it didn't look like robot pants. That looks fucking awesome. So, we'll see. Maybe uh instead of saving up for hot toys, I'll be saving up for robot pants this year.
0: That's going to be cool. If that is for real, you get a for real set of robot pants.
1: Now, and then I'll be joining the Robot UFC. Mm. Robot
0: kickboxing. Oh, dude. <laughs> That's going to be wicked.
1: Yeah. It's going to, you know, like... uh in Kickboxer, when uh Kurt sends Jean-Claude Van Damme to get him some ice before the fight and he walks in on Tong Po kicking a pillar, just kicking mm-hmm. the shit out of a pillar with a shin, that's going to be me right. with my robot pants. Mm. So buddy, we didn't really get to talk about it much last week with all the excitement of the <coughs> um, end of The Mandalorian and having our good buddy Steele on, but uh, how was your
0: Christmas? How did your Christmas go? It was great. It was a great Christmas. I got to see family, some great presents, some good quality time. I got to bake a lot. I just... uh, You know, it was a great Christmas. I can't complain. How about
1: you? It was good. It was very good. It was very busy. You know, bouncing back and forth, trying to see Jesse's family, trying to go to Mississippi to see my family, Um, Nan, my little nephew. So excited. This was like he's what two basically two and a half now so yeah. his this was i would say his first real christmas where he could be stoked you know what i mean yeah and man was he stoked um it was good to get to spend some time hanging out with him um that dude is a little character i tell you what i believe it he's like a little goose pain man
0: i know anytime I, we hang out he has uh, always a blast But yeah, I uh, had a good Christmas, and
1: uh, I am, however, ready for things just to get back to normal a little bit with all the, yeah, yeah, like just all the changes in my work schedule and stuff with the holidays and weird days off in the middle of the week, which I do enjoy, but like it just throws everything else off. So I'm ready for like things to just go back to normal a little bit, and then Jesse and I are traveling at the beginning of February to New Orleans um like a quick trip, and then we have uh <coughs> um we're going to see Kevin Smith in uh February here in Birmingham, so that's gonna some, be awesome. yeah, we got some stuff coming up that's pretty exciting um well, since this is our first episode of the year. And I have been foregoing it because we've had guests on. This is this is it's hard to think. This is like our first episode in like two months that we haven't had a guest on because we. That's true. We brought all the guests on for, um, the Mandalorian, Mandalorian and, the Rise of Skywalker and stuff. So I've been foregoing it, but uh, I think it's time. Time to give you guys a little bit of the business. A little a little hot business. A Little hot steamy business. So just sit down, relax. Have a libation to celebrate the closing of this narrative. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. We have a Patreon page where, for as little as $3 a month, you can help support the podcast. And we can upgrade our equipment and, you know... Do cool things for the show. Uh, we have all kinds of bonus shows that we post over there. My buddy Will right here, he's got Cooking with Will. I've got Oh No, It's All Solo. Jesse and I have Jaws, which we just posted a episode uh, last night. Uh, we have Masters of Harvest Kasi with King Tom. We have uh, Podula Rasa with Emily Lind. We have Blue Harvest Adventures with Robbo, Colleen, Jesse, Will, and myself. We have uh Steve versus the prequels. We have Star Wars Year by Podcast with our buddy Steele. And I feel like I'm forgetting something, but you guys get the idea. That's our bonus shows. And uh we will have more of those coming at you this year. And maybe a couple of new ones in our back pocket that are just waiting to get off the ground. So if you want to check that out, patreon.com slash blueharvestpodcast. And uh, we really appreciate all you guys that are patrons right now. It means a lot to us, and uh, trust me, we really appreciate it, like I said. Helps us keep the lights on. Keep the lights on here at Studio Butt Stuff. Ooh. oh! I got to think of a better name for the studio yeah you do studio dining room table i don't know we'll think about it studio butt-to-butt fart pass
0: Mm. oh i still don't think that's possible Yeah, yeah
1: well i won't necessarily agree with the impossibility of it but maybe not the catchiest name for a studio uh, and we're part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network, so check out uh, all kinds of other excellent Star Wars podcasts that are going on over there, and that does it for the business. Um, so, buddy, I uh, I won't lie, I'm pretty interested to see what shape the podcast takes going forward because we're entering a little bit of uncharted territory for ourselves. I was talking about this with Jesse last night. You know, when we started the podcast where we were only like seven months away from the force awakens coming out, right. right now, the sequel trilogy is done. And as far as we know, the next star Wars theatrical movie we're going to be getting is roughly three years away. So,
0: I, I I do feel like this is a little bit of uncharted territory. Um, for the next two years, we pretty much don't have a Star Wars movie to look forward to to talk about. Right now, until they announce one, obviously. So supposedly, we and then will be... we'll cock a duty speculator asses <laughs> yeah. off. Probably. Yeah, uh, well,
1: supposedly sometime this month, I believe we should be finding out who's heading up the next Star Wars movie. Uh, probably, you know, some sort of confirmation of that release date. And we should be finding out about this mysterious Project Luminous that's going on with the publishing side of Star Wars. There's some big interconnected project that they've been teasing for what seems like over a year now that they said they would be able to talk about after the new year. So, you know there's definitely stuff on the horizon not to count, you know, not to discount rather. All of um the fun Disney Plus stuff we have in store, second season of Mandalorian, Obi-Wan, Cassian, Clone Wars which comes back in like a month or so, you know, sometime next month. Right. Um so, but <laughs> today a little bit of a rumor hit that might point us towards something we can look forward to this year and this comes from uh, our buddies Corey and Noah over at Castle Run transmissions okay they're hearing that there is a new animated series set to debut sometime this year in 2020 Wow now that would make a ton of sense because if you look how things have fallen in the past, you know, star Wars rebels started in 2014 ended in the spring of 2018, right? By the fall of 2018, the first season of resistance started. So star Wars resistance ends this year. It's second season. And the series wraps up, um, I think maybe March, February, March is this year. So it only makes sense that they have something ready to uh, take its place in the fall of this year. So the timeline of that totally makes sense to me. Makes a ton of sense. Right. But what is interesting about this animated series, like the most interesting, is that it appears that it is going to be the continuation of the story threads that we were left with at the end of Star Wars Rebels.
0: That's deserved. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean?
1: So that I, you know, working off of assumption here would mean Ahsoka, Sabine, Ezra, Thrawn probably being the main focus of this series. Or at least Ahsoka and Sabine's search for Ezra and and Thrawn by association. So, you know, it's awesome to hear and it's very exciting because... Uh, naturally this is going to be set during the like in between return of the Jedi and force awakens time period, which right now that is my favorite time period to check out and explore. Right. Um. So that's exciting. And also it doesn't come as that big of a surprise because like it was star Wars rebels was left. So open ended for some sort of further series or exploration, you know? Yeah. Um, my question is, does it come out on Disney plus or is this another
0: Disney XD joint? I've got to think that it comes out on Disney plus. I mean, that's just the whole point of the app now. Right.
1: And I'm hoping that's the case. Um, I don't know, you know, like I guess on one hand I could see how they would think that having, Original exclusive programming to both would keep people engaged with both, but I also think it would make more sense to put it on Disney plus and give yet another reason for people to either subscribe or
0: stay subscribed to Disney plus you know right so because um, you're gonna have to keep creating content. but what I think that I think that Disney plus has right that Netflix still has yet to figure out is that weekly releases. I think, get more out of your series. Yeah. Does that make
1: sense? I saw a lot of discussion about that once the Mandalorian wrapped up because there's an interesting comparison being made between the Mandalorian and the Witcher. And I think it's just because they came out sort of around the same time. Right. And it does seem that with the binge set up with Netflix, they released something it's talked about for a couple of weeks and then it's on to the next thing.
0: Yeah, because everybody's watched all whoever's watched it all already is like, oh well, we can't talk about this till my other friends catch up. Right. Now with the Mandalorian, you have eight
1: weeks of discussion or more. You stretch out that discussion. You you almost create that like old school appointment television feel, like, oh shit, the new episode of Lost is on tonight. Like, I'm gonna watch that shit, you know? Right. So, uh, you know, you could probably go back in the archives of Blue Harvest and hear me talk about, like, man, I wish it would be, like, I wish I could just watch the whole series at once. Um, But I enjoyed it being week to week. Like, it gave me something to look forward to, and I didn't just tear through everything. It gave me time to sit down and, like, think about each episode, and we could have special guests every week to talk about each episode instead of just being boom, 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 boom and and details and was get
0: lost in the mix, you know? Mystery and nuance to the way the story unfolded and mm-hmm. the way we were able to talk about it as it unfolded.
1: Yeah, so I, th- I think it actually turned out to be better. And uh, I'm I am curious to see if that affects Netflix's approach to it. I mean, you would um, think it would have to. I don't know. I mean, they seem... It, it, you know, it's hard to argue that the binge format hasn't worked in Netflix's favor, obviously. like
0: True. I mean, they know? have definitely come so far on it. But to make your shows relevant, you know, if, especially things that are episodic. All right, I mean, you can't do that with a movie. And you know, Once you reach the movie, it's out. You know, everybody talks about it, and then it's done. But you don't want your shows to be like that. You want people to buzz about your shows over a long period of time. Keep them relevant in the consciousness, I feel like.
1: Yeah, and and so obviously it's not like a fandom that I'm super ingrained with like I am Star Wars. But an example, ju- and this is purely from my own observation, is Stranger Things. I love that show, right? Right. And I really enjoyed the sa- the third season, but it just seemed like it came and went. And then, you know, whatever the next big Netflix show with it came out afterwards just took its place. You know, right Right now, The Witcher is what you see a lot of people talking about. But, you know, how long does that stick around until the next thing? Um, And honestly, we could get to that point real quickly with Disney Plus once. The Marvel shows start coming out, and you know, so we have Marvel shows and Star Wars shows and whatever else original content. So, I'm not saying that even with the re- weekly release, we won't get to that with Disney Plus, but it was kind of nice to see like the weekly excitement and discussion about each episode. And it was, and besides just being like a really thought out business decision, in that. If you if you put the whole season out for The Mandalorian, just in one big chunk, you're going to have people that subscribe for one month, watch all that, and then cancel Disney+. Plus. Right. Now, at least, you had them for two months, stretching it out over eight weeks.
0: Um, and hopefully, in your time, you found other things you wanted to watch on there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then... Uh, I think it was on Christmas Day they added The Last Jedi. So The Last Jedi is on Disney Plus now. And I believe Solo is coming, I want to say by, like, May. I think or, it's still on Netflix at this point. Yeah, it is. But, the like, the day the Netflix deal for Last Jedi expired, it was on Disney Plus. I see. So as soon as that Netflix exclusivity for Solo runs out, it'll be on Disney Plus. And then... I was reading that The Rise of Skywalker will probably be on there within 90 days, I think, of its home video release. So probably, you know, July-ish. It'll be on there. And then we'll have the entire fucking deal all on one app. And that'll be neat. That will be cool. I'm really looking forward to uh, when they have all the Marvel movies on there. Whenever that shakes out and they can get all those on there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Star Wars ones they're nice and the convenience of having them there for streaming is nice but I own those bitches digitally I own those bitches physically I'm gonna buy the 4k box set when it comes out this year so it's not like
0: it's not special for you
1: right but I don't own all those Marvel movies And I, I know there will probably still be a handful of them that just don't make it to Disney plus like I don't think we'll ever see the Spider-Man movies on there considering they were co-produced with Sony and that whole like deal they had with Sony for that. Uh, yeah. same thing goes with the incredible Hulk. Cause that was like a universal movie co-production, but everything else should be on there eventually. And that'll be cool. Yeah.
0: Um, so speaking, I can't get those other ones, but yeah. I, mean, I get why,
1: what are you going to do? What you going to do? Speaking of, um, Disney plus stuff Uh, deadline this week was talking about the second season of the Mandalorian and how it was confirmed to be coming out in fall of this year and like sort of buried in the article. They mentioned that they have insider sources or whatever that are saying that there are going to be appearances by characters from the Skywalker saga in season two.
0: What? Yeah. Boba okay. Fett. Okay. Boba Fett. To me. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That means both. I'm trying. To, I, I was thinking everybody but that, but then I was like, <laughs> oh, they've already teased that. To me, that is just
1: further confirmation of Boba Fett. Yeah. I mean. I mean, it's got to be, right?
0: It's got to be Boba.
1: It's going to be me. I mean, you guys are just going to have to deal with like probably eight to nine months of me with my Boba Fett tinfoil mandalorian hat on because i have yet to see something that convinces me otherwise
0: yeah there's nothing that leads me away from that line of thinking i just want old buddy
1: john favreau to put me out of my misery right and post a picture of his helmet or something
0: on uh instagram You know, he's not going to do that. Oh, no. He gave away
1: IG 11 on his Instagram last year. Gave
0: away IG 11, but he's not giving away Baby Yoda. You know, like that's that's a crucial giveaway. Yeah, that's true. You've got a good. Oh, okay.
1: I want to ask you something, buddy. All right. What what word do you think the Mandalorian uses to describe his little uh, enclave of, of Mandalorian homies in the series?
0: They call it something specific.
1: They do. Um,
0: the culvert. Okay, thank you.
1: All right, I want to tell you a little story. So I was texting with our buddy Eric Strathers. He was asking me about... Eric Strathers, <laughs> Asking me if I thought there, there were possibly more of those out there, those little uh, enclaves yeah. of Mandalorians, and he used the term covert, C-O-V-E-R-T, right? Yeah. And... I just naturally assume that I'm in the wrong, right? So I've been saying it wrong. So I tell him, uh, Hey, you know, what's funny. I thought it was culvert. And you know what the, you know what he did? what did he do? He called me a hillbilly. Oh, I really declare.
0: I do declare.
1: Eric Strathers called me a hillbilly, but turns out he's right. It's covert. Interesting. Yeah. Um, He, well, he knew 100% because he watched it with subtitles on. Subtitles. That's how you get it. And then this week they unveiled all the, like, Mandalorian Funko Pops that are coming out. And one of them was a covert Mandalorian. And it's, uh, like, you know, one of the Mandos that's hanging out with all of those Mandos. So, I guess I am a hillbilly.
0: I guess you are. So am I then.
1: Yep. Hillbilly Halls and Hillbilly Will.
0: Doody Doody Doo doo.
1: Oh man. Um So I guess if the way the deadline article is worded, there could be more than one sort of character we're familiar with previously being um uh showing up in the show but i don't know when they said that i was just like well there we go boba fett so it's, it's hard to me th- hard for me to think of anybody else um, i mean i don't know i don't know who else they could be talking about yeah i don't either i mean honestly anybody from the original trilogy is pretty you much you could throw family.
0: in you know Zuckus and Forlome, and that would be justified, and by definition. Oh my God, that would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool, Bosk, Bosk, Bosk. Um, he's already fought Trandoshans, right? He has. He has indeed. Um. But
1: you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, I think when people hear that. And it's, it's only natural. Your mind goes to the big players, Luke, Leia, Lando, Han, Chewie. Um, but obviously, if you're going to do that, it's going to require some sort of recasting. Yeah. Um, and I, I just don't know that they're going to go that route yet. You know, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that at some point we see Luke Skywalker in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, played by somebody other than Mark Hamill. Um, I just think that's probably a little further down the road. Yeah. Um, it's you an think exciting think they'll do update. it in the Obi wan movie? Mm. Well, well. It's interesting that you bring that up, because that was my next uh, little topic of discussion. Oh. There's a rumor going around this week that... The Obi-Wan series, which is going to be filming sometime this summer, and I assume that means it's, you know, for a 2021 release, is looking to cast a young Luke Skywalker. Huh. I think specifically somewhere in, like, the four to five-year-old range. Interesting. <clears throat>
0: um,
1: well, actually. So I guess Sebastian Stan is out. Well, I mean, if he's going to be in the Obi-Wan series, then it's definitely going to be kid. I, I think they specified, uh, specified that the Obi-Wan series takes place eight years after re- Revenge of the Sith. So not four have. or five. Luke would be eight because he's born right at the end of mm, yeah. Revenge of the Sith. So if if that timeline shakes out and it is eight years after Revenge of the Sith, yeah, you're going to see like an eight-year-old Luke Skywalker. And I doubt it's... I don't know like uh, I just wonder what you cast a young Luke Skywalker for other than like basically a cameo kind of like they did in Rebels when uh, Ezra went to Tatooine and Obi-Wan fought Maul and
0: yada 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 you know yeah Um, it would be cool that's all I can say it'd be awesome
1: yeah and I don't know
0: like I think you almost have to
1: have some sort of young Luke presence. You have
0: to address it somehow. You can't yeah. just say, you know, not even address it. And with the
1: the rumor that the guy and the lady that played young Owen and Baru are inv- involved in the series, like, it just all lines up. Like, I doubt Luke Skywalker plays a huge role, but you do have to address it in some way, just like you said. I can't yeah. imagine you don't. Yeah all, right. All right. all um, right all right i think that might be it dude we you know um, we covered. one thing i would like to maybe do for next episode is have you read the first episode or first episode first issue of the rise of kylo ren comic okay and we can discuss that it's pretty interesting um and I can give you a Marvel login and you can just hop on your phone or tablet and uh, read it that way. Okay. That uh, sounds good. I just forgot about it and didn't want to like spring it on you at the last moment to, you know, like, Hey, by the way, I totally understand. Read this real quick and we're going to talk about it. Um, have you come across anything or thought anything Star Wars related? I mean, we haven't. I haven't.
0: Yeah. I've been playing Jedi Fallen Order, but it's whipping my ass a little bit. But uh what, it's uh, a good, good game. What planet are you on? I am still on Kashyyyk, I believe. I gotcha. I encountered the second sister for the first time, and she's uh dropping knowledge bombs. Nice. Yeah, that was a pretty neat scene, right? Yeah. Very neat. Like... um, very impressed so far. I still feel like <clears throat> I can't get on top of the combat. I feel like the game's on top of me. I want to be able to, you know, deflect 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 the blows I want to and land the counter the counter attacks and stuff. And I just seem to get my ass whooped still, even on normal. I took it down from hard. I got there. It, it okay. took
1: some practice. I got to where I felt really good and was doing some really cool stuff. Okay. I'll be honest with you. The thing that benefited me the most in that game, and it's something that I realize like, is annoying to people to do, or and you know, you know, maybe not be, someone's favorite idea of how to spend their time in a video game, but I grinded a little bit, where, oh, really? I would go to one of the meditation spots, and I would run routes, just fighting and killing enemies, like big okay. circles, and so I'd run, boom, 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 boom fight a bunch of dudes. Go back to the meditation circle, meditate, get my health back, boom, 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 and just did that for a little bit. Honestly, I did it on uh, Zepho my first time going there, and because yeah. I was having a pretty hard time on that. Maybe I'm
0: on Zepho for the second time. I think that's where I'm at. Okay, not
1: not Kishik. Sir. But like you know, I just found like an area that I could run these little routes, kill a bunch of dudes, and get a decent amount of experience and level my right. dude up. And I just put in some time to make my dude better through leveling and that helped a lot like unlocking some of the um like i think there's one called precision dodging or evading that helped a lot and you know there's just never it's never a bad idea to sink some extra skill points into your characters in a game if you're having some trouble with combat you know yeah. And being as big of a fan of, like, Japanese RPGs as I am, like, I'm used to grinding out a level or two here and there. Right. So um, I would recommend doing that if you, if you keep running into
0: problems because it did help me. I'm probably going to have to. Um, I don't think because you were... This would be nice to have some more powers, I think. Yeah. Well, I just, I just learned pull today, and I think that's going to change the game a little bit. Dude. There is something so
1: satisfying about the force pull power in that game where you grab a dude, and you pull him to you right into your lightsaber. Like you just in a smooth motion, you pull a stormtrooper in and then impale him on the lightsaber and throw him aside. Something so satisfying about that.
0: I've been flinging them and pushing them off cliffs and stuff. That's like. a, yeah,
1: that's another thing I was going to tell you like. Don't be afraid to jump into a group of enemies and just unleash a giant force pull or push to throw those jokers off cliffs. Mm,
0: it's very effective. It is. <clears throat> All right. Uh oh, well,
1: so I don't think I you came in late on the episode we did with Evan, right? I did. Um there were two kind of interesting pieces of Star Wars video game news that came out that week one being that it appears that respawn is already hiring for a sequel to jedi fallen order
0: i think that's really smart i did too i think it's sad though because i mean i feel like cal's gotta die right unless they pull the ahsoka route and be like he's not a jedi you know he'd made it through the purge because he's not technically a jedi well they have once again
1: they have so many years to explore with this that you could get at least a trilogy out of his story. I think. Right. Where, I guess it's in um, every, see, that's the thing I don't understand. Like there was, I saw a little bit of hubbub about Ahsoka's voice appearing to Ray at the end of the rise of Skywalker. And people were like, that sucks. That means Ahsoka's dead. Well, guys, like, every character has to die eventually.
0: Like, everybody's dead. I-, I would think Ahsoka was probably dead by then, I would think. Unless well, yeah, her I mean, race it's... is specifically long-lived. Right. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, you could, you could get away with that, like, having her still be physically alive. But you're talking 30 years or so after the last time we saw her. Like, there's 30 years of adventures for Ahsoka to go on right. before she dies. Like, it's not a bad thing. Like having a fitting into a character is not a bad thing and that's the way i feel about
0: all great force users eventually become one with the force
1: um it just makes me like uh so what i'm saying is you know we get a trilogy out of cal and the third one ends with him dying then
0: you know that's all right i just he probably he can go off to the unknown regions yeah i just that's where all the good stuff's going on (laughs) it is
1: there's a fucking party going on in the unknown regions um i just i don't want there to have to constantly be some weird excuse to how this character survived
0: order 66
1: well i mean he survived order 66 already in the game but survived i mean right but was also wasn't around For Luke Skywalker to interact with during the original trilogy,
0: I just personally don't. You know, I don't have to stick to the idea that I guess Luke is the only one left. That's fine, but maybe they just weren't worthy enough Jedi to take on Vader or that whole mess. You know, like maybe Vader did miss a Jedi or two in the whole wide galaxy. You know what? That's fine. I'm fine with that. But where
1: it becomes an issue is not even an issue, but where it becomes You have to do something about it is with a premise like Rebels, where you have these characters that are involved in the rebellion, Ahsoka, Ezra, and Kanan. The Empire would know who they are. Well, also, there's no way, once Luke Skywalker comes on the scene, that the, the rest of the rebellion wouldn't be like, oh, you're a Jedi? Have you met our buddy Kanan, Ezra, and Ahsoka? You should talk to them. They're Jedi too, so it, they're really cool. Yeah, it was evident from the beginning. You had to wrap up their story in some way, <clears throat> and you know when you hear that, immediately your mind goes, "Well, they got to die." Right. And for Kanan, that turned out to be the case, but for Ezra and Ahsoka, not the case. And I just don't want it to always have to be some weird, complicated. Explanation of why they weren't around to interact with Luke Skywalker during the original trilogy. So you're very right, and that's not to say I have any issue with how they handled Ahsoka or Ezra. I actually really like it. I think it's a neat idea, but you can't do that every time. You can't. They can't let, go off somewhere every time, right? So we'll see. Um, and then the other one is uh, apparently EA Motive, I believe, is the name of the studio. From what I understand, they were sort of uh, a studio that assisted a lot with the Battlefield games and Battlefront 1 and 2. Apparently, they have a Star Wars game in the works that may be out this year. And it's uh, described as a quote-unquote unique Star Wars experience. What does that mean exactly? I have no idea. Like, what could that mean? Um, You got to think that if they're saying that in the context of their portfolio of Star Wars games, then it's not a first-person or third-person multiplayer shooter like Battlefront. It's probably not a third-person action-adventure game like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, right? Right. Um, And there's no lack of genre that they could you know explore in star wars video games i think there's a few that are probably off the table like i don't see it being a star wars sports game like droid football or whatever the fuck they're watching in attack of the clones
0: i'd be surprised if they did racing again but delighted to be honest i would
1: not be opposed to a star wars like a, a a new pod racer game I don't know that that's the route they would go, but it wouldn't bum me out if they did.
0: Like I said, it would be odd for them to go that route again, but I would not be bummed. If you had a pod racer and a star racer, like, dude, it'd be cool to be racing through quasars and, like, bouncing off, I don't know, gravity wells or whatever. Yeah, the when I think of,
1: like, because it would be cool. Like, imagine playing the Castle Run from Solo. Right. But as a racing game. Yeah. The problem I would have with that is how do you set up natural feeling boundaries in a space racing game because space is so vast and open like Right. And if you establish I would think
0: you would have to take away the third dimension. Right. It would you would basically be playing Forza in space. <coughs> right. But but how do you establish like
1: the walls on the left and the right? right. Like if you do invisible no, I... walls then that kind of
0: breaks the immersion and then I don't and know. You could do you could do like you know, like uh, buoys, like lighted buoys as like runways, kind of lanes, hyper yeah. lanes. You could definitely do something like that. Um, hopefully,
1: it's not too long before we find out what that game is. Um, that was
0: off the wall. I know that has nothing to do with that.
1: But. Also, makes me think that maybe it'll be sort of a cross generational release, where we could see it come out on the current... Because if it comes out this this holiday, like Fallen Order did, um, I would imagine it'll be on Xbox and PlayStation 4. But with the new systems coming out this holiday, I could also see it being available on those, like, slightly upgraded. Because when you do those kind of, like, cross-generational games, they don't ever really take the full potential of the new consoles just yet, you know? Right. So... Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what it is. I hope it's another good one. I, you know, I I totally understand why people don't like EA. It it makes a lot of sense. But considering they have the Star Wars license, it was nice to see Fallen Order do well and be received well and sell right really well for them. Absolutely. Um, So uh, it, uh, you know. I'm not a huge fan of EA either, but I want Star Wars video games to be good. So, that's really what matters to me.
0: I agree wholeheartedly.
1: All right, do you want to jump into some emails and we got a voice message and then we'll wrap this up this week? Let's do it.
2: Kia D!
0: Kia D! Kia D! Cockhead! You'll need Jedi Master who can crash box Kitty, Cockhead, Cockhead. Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big surrean stud. He loves to split chicks with his HUD. Kitty, Cockhead. Cockhead. To stroke his cone and suck on his balls, Kitty, Cockhead. What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge. But he'll be plump and spooge tomorrow. Cockhead. Blue Hermit. Cockhead. Horsberger. Cockhead. Cockhead. Will Witt. Cockhead. Goose Payne. Cockhead. G Money. Cockhead. King Tom. Cockhead. Joe. Cockhead. Key and D. Cockhead. Cockhead.
1: All right, first up, we have a voicemail from Mark. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey,
2: Oz. Hey, Will. I'm, uh, just finished watching, uh, season, uh, episode eight of The Mandalorian, and, uh, it was amazing. Uh, I'm gonna do my best with this recording here. I'm a few glasses of wine down, and, uh, well, you know how that goes. I'm gonna try to stay on topic. (laughs) But, uh what a great season finale to an amazing show um there's some things that are in my head that i need to get out and um mainly i think that after seeing the finale of the show in regards to the boba fett theory um it's even more clear that that definitely wasn't gideon Uh, on Tatooine and I think it just leads more weight to the Boba Fett theory that that was Fett he did survive where's he at? What's he doing? What's his station in life right now? Is he a bounty hunter? Is he a mercenary? Um, Is he a a grumpy old man? Who knows? Um, I just think that that could be a really cool element to bring back in for season 2 and you know, at first I was thinking, you know, he'd be the ultimate—he'd uh, be the ultimate protagonist. But Gideon is now still out there. Like Gideon is not defeated, and he's a really great bad guy too. So, you know, the Mandalorian has his new um, his new orders uh, to return Yoju back to Steel. That's for you to return Yoju back to. Um, His people, which I think are the Jedi. I don't think that it means taking back to other Yodas uh, because as far as we know in universe, this is like the second time or third time. If you talk about Yaddle and Yoda and now the baby, that it's even been witnessed, uh, this species. So I think that that it more applies to to him getting back to the Jedi. Now, that is who's out there. There's um, there's Obi-Wan. Which unlikely there's Luke, uh, also unlikely being that they would, you know, the fact that it's, it didn't come up in the last in the Return of or the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I don't know. That's a little tricky if Luke knows about this little baby Yoda out there. Um, but but also uh, what's his name from Fallen Order? I can't remember his name now. Is he still out there? I don't know. Ahsoka, is she, is she still out there? I think those are your candidates for who this guy, Ezra, is he still out there? Who, um, who does this baby go back to? Um, I think season two also offers a good opportunity to bring a visit to Maz's castle on Takodana if they want to, because she's out there, um, which could be really cool. Uh, to bring that in and then just further kind of tie in the sequel trilogy with the original trilogy, get that link going um, Boba Fett, but, oh yeah, so uh, ultimately though like I, I feel like they could start out as enemies, you know, he could be the lesser battle like, he could be after the Mandalorian for whatever reason um, Shara is that her name of uh, Fist was the shoot the Asian bounty hunter in episode five. I can't remember her name, but maybe they were friends, or perhaps Boba Fett was after that bounty too. And uh, but somehow, somehow, him and the Mandalorian become at odds, and they become enemies. But then the larger enemy is Gideon, and then it becomes the whole the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and they team up and go against Gideon together uh both scenarios could be cool either either boba fett versus mandalorian would be awesome or boba fett and the mandalorian versus gideon would be awesome so those are my thoughts on fett i really think that's a that's a a huge opportunity there and i think you're i I think that's what's going to happen i want that to happen that would be awesome but um the other thing the dark saber total surprise I uh, didn't see that coming at all. I'm sure pretty much nobody did, but... I think that the blacksmith... And I know this has been speculated on before... But the last person to have the black saber Or the Darksaber... Was Sabine in Rebels. She was the last possessor of the Darksaber. Um, th- I'm pretty sure I'm correct on that. Because... Prior to that, it was Darth Maul... In the Clone Wars. But...
1: Oh. Uh, nope.
2: Sabine had it at the end of Rebels, so what happened there? How did she lose it? Um, I'm wondering if the blacksmith is not Sabine, which could be a cool angle as well. Um, she knows of the Jedi. She know through Kanan and Ezra. Um and uh, yeah, I just think that could be an interesting, an interesting avenue. So, yeah, Boba Fett—that's definitely Boba Fett, and that's definitely Sabine. That's what I'm going with. That's all I got, guys. I'm gonna—I've been rambling for a little bit now, but uh, enjoying the show, enjoying everything. You guys are always great. Uh, I'm signing off. May the force be with you.
1: So, uh, I don't necessarily think that the um, blacksmith would be Sabine. Mainly because Sabine wasn't the last one to have the Darksaber. She gives the Darksaber to Bo-Katan in Rebels. So the last person we see with the Darksaber before Gideon is Bo-Katan. I have a feeling by the time that the Mandalorian takes place that Ahsoka and Sabine are both probably still out there looking for Ezra. Um... The question the big question is, and I don't know that we've ever had it clarified, is in that epilogue in Rebels, when we see Ahsoka in like the white robe and Sabine is showing up and they're leaving together to find Ezra, we don't know exactly when that takes place, other than it's sometime after Return of the Jedi. Um so that's a big question. Uh as as far as it goes meaning like Ahsoka or Sabine's interaction with the Mandalorian TV show. Um, and I think if it was Sabine, it would probably be a little more directly called out. And considering that we never saw her face and they just did her voice, I would imagine that they would get Tia Sakaar to do the voice. Like, why not? You know? Yeah. Uh, now, something he brought up that I do think is kind of interesting and could be really fun is
0: seeing Maz's castle. I think that's a great idea. I think so too. And it was a perfect place to span, Yeah, you know, inner in uh, uh, not franchises, but time periods. Projects. Yeah, time periods. Yeah.
1: And you know, there's outside of Maz's castle, there's a giant Mandalorian flag among all all those flags hanging up there in front is, of her now
0: that I think I'd forgotten about that. So
1: I don't see why they couldn't use Moz in this series. I think that'd be really cool. I'd be so down with that. Um, man, I can't wait to see where they go with season two of that damn show. It's going to be incredible. It is. And it's, not that far away. it'll be here sooner than we like we think like considering how fast last year went by it'll be here sooner be in here in no
0: time months away i saw a cool <laughs> article about how working i think it was one of the it was bobby eiger talking about how working with john favreau is kind of like working with george lucas about how they're both visionary and storytellers that use mm mm-hmm technology to their advantage i thought it was a cool piece
1: yeah and and they've done some cool technology stuff with the mandalorian um there's no doubt about that that's why i'm like crazy interested in some sort of behind the scenes making of stuff for that show i really hope they put that up on disney plus eventually because i take
0: my money yeah i'd love
1: to see it all right next up we got an email from neil hey halls and will i'm on a star wars overload at this point so many good things have released in the last 45 days and more coming next year i cannot think of a better time to be a star wars fan the last episode of the mandalorian was amazing from the funny banter between the scout troopers to learning the true name of the mandalorian and finally seeing pedro pascal to the last bit with moff gideon correct me if i'm wrong but was that the dark saber of legend Finding out that Moff Gideon was in the ISB and was influential in The Purge makes sense as he probably got it then. This adds such a great hook for the next season. A true Mandalore may rise again if the Mandalorian obtains it. Lastly, this is Rise of Skywalker related, but did you notice that after Rey heals Kylo on the ruins of the Death Star and he turns back into Ben Solo that he no longer has his facial scar? I thought that was a great touch. Your friend in the force, Neil. Neil. I did
0: not notice that.
1: I didn't notice it on my first viewing and probably not even on my second viewing. It wasn't until it was pointed out on Twitter that then I was like, yeah, they're fucking right. His facial scar does disappear. And it is a neat touch. Um, Nice little touch there. I definitely agree. Uh, I wonder if they'll get back into the whole mandalore concept you know
0: i think that i mean they're setting up for it by giving a mandalorian show
1: yeah yeah and and we got some cool like little pieces of mandalorian lore in this first season and you gotta imagine that that only expands as the show goes on you know yes all right next up we got one from lfo lee from oklahoma Hey there, Halls and Will and potential guests. Lee from Oklahoma writing in for the first time with a few thoughts about the season finale of The Mandalorian. I love the opening scene with the troopers played by Jason Sudeikis and Adam Pally that gave us a look into the everyday life of a biker scout. Imperial sharpshooters, they were not. Even though I could watch an entire show comprised solely of their banter, I was so happy to see our favorite nurse droid IG-11 beat the living shit out of them. It was so cathartic after witnessing them pu- punch the saddlebag holding the child earlier in the scene. Absolutely. Moff Gideon was immediately so imposing by having such specific knowledge of the Manda, Cara Dune, and Grief Karga. Jean Carlo Esposito's performance was amazing, and I'm so glad that he will remain a huge threat moving forward. Adding the information that Cara Dune was from Alderan gave her such clear motivations against the Empire wait can't wait to see her kick more imp ass ig11 was such a badass blasting through the town on the speeder bike i literally had tears of joy running down my face from pure excitement though it was sad to see his demise it was nice to see how much depth they added to his character and how the mando's unwavering hatred for droids was changed as a result our boy finally got his signet and a pristine new jetpack. When he finally attached the jetpack to his back, I went into full blown tinfoil hat mode and thought and the thought occurred to me that I know you'll be on board with, Hall's. Once he finally landed, his cape was draped over one side of the jetpack, resulting in a much shorter cape, a la Boba Fett. Couldn't help but think that the spur wielding figure walking up to Fennec Shand in episode five has always had a full-length cape. It's just been blocked by a notoriously malfunctioning jetpack. When previously seen, I didn't think about that. So that's why the cape seems so much longer in season five or in episode five, when we see the those feet those little feetsies walking up to Finnick Shand because he's not wearing the jetpack anymore. Ah. And he's not wearing the jetpack anymore because that shit malfunctioned and it led him into the fucking sarlacc. One final, one final crazy theory that I've wanted to get out there. I don't know if we'll ever get a proper name for the child, and we all know Steele has his heart set on Yoju, but I can't help but think of many deep references John Favreau has continued to bring to the series. My harebrained theory is the child will end up being called Minch, hearkening back to Yoda's original name in the Lee Brackett draft of Empire Strikes Back. Interesting. No deep thoughts about the final scene of the episode, just holy fucking shit live-action Darksaber. That made me go full-blown Kia D. Thank you so much for all the content you guys produce. I look forward to hearing from my pal Halls, Will, and potential guests every week. Lee, thanks for writing in, buddy. It's good to hear from you. Um, So I think we will get a name for the Baby Yoda eventually. Um, And I say this because... Several people on the cast have hinted that they know what Baby Yoda's name is, including, um, uh, shit, Cara Dune. What's her character? What's her actress's name? Oh, I don't, know. I don't know. Um, why am I drawing a blank on this? I don't know. Oh, shit.
0: I'll look it up for you.
1: Well, she, is, she mentioned on Twitter that she knows its real name, and Bob Iger has mentioned that he knows the character's name. So I don't think you come up with that character's name without giving giving it to us eventually, you know? Yes. I think... Um, Gina Carano. Gina Carano. There you go. I think it's just a question of when we learn that. And I don't think that Minch is a bad guess considering its connection with yoda's original name i hadn't really
0: even thought about it
1: yeah i kind of hope it's not another y name because yaddle yoda do we need a third of that species they all got to start with a y
0: Does every one of that species have to start with a y that's going to set an unfortunate precedent right all right
1: Next up, we have an email from Steven. Hey guys, I heard Halls address the Holdo maneuver line, and have also heard others within the fandom be upset with it as well. The way that I have chosen to interpret it is not that they are throwing shade at the last Jedi, but actually pointing out what a badass Holdo was.
0: Do you know what he's referring to, Will? Yeah, in there in the dis- the someone just—he's like, someone just needs to pull that Holdo move, and right, and he was like, that's one in a million, right, and basically. Well, you can't afford to... I mean, you can't afford the loss of capital ships in suicide runs. You know what I mean? Like, tactically, militarily, that makes no sense whatsoever. You know what I mean? If the, it's, that's why it's one in a million, I feel like. Right. It was an act of desperation.
1: If the maneuver is one in a million, that means the person that accomplished it was that special. It had to be ca- calculated properly, be, right, be in the right type of battle... The enemy fleet had to be in the right distance away and in the right formation, and the person in charge had to be able to recognize it was the right time to do it. Also, it had to be a big enough cruiser that it would do damage, but have everyone off the ship for minimal casualties. Charlie from Lost said the line, and he was new to the resistance and probably not battle-hardened. We've seen small fighters in Rogue One smash into Star Destroyers when trying to jump to light speed. If the Resistance shows up and starts trying to hold and maneuver the Sith fleet with their one-person fighters, they would have just found a spectacular way to die, as Lando would say. I hope this is reasoning that can help turn a negative into a positive for some people, Steve. I mean, I honestly, I don't know for sure that some of that stuff in the movie wasn't a reaction to The Last Jedi, but I don't. I never viewed that one specifically as some sort of diss towards the last Jedi. To me, the dialogue, like you were saying, Will, just sets it up as being like
0: It's an explanation why they don't do it again. Right. I mean they you know, he I imagine JJ was thinking it from an audience perspective, well, why didn't they just do that again? Like, well you can't afford to do that again. It's one in a million. And plus you gotta think at the time that they're coming
1: up with this plan in the movie. They don't have that entire fleet from across the galaxy behind them. They have the Tantive IV. We're just going to call it that. I know that's incorrect, but that's what we're going with. They And they have, you know, some Y-Wings, some X-Wings, some B-Wings. They don't have a ton of large ships at that point. It's not until Lando shows up with that giant fucking <clears throat> fleet that they could even really consider doing something like that. And something else I've seen pointed out, I've, I'm need to watch closely for myself when I go see the movie again, which I'm planning to this weekend. Apparently, in the end, sort of celebration scene where you see all the star uh, star destroyers cr- crashing around the different planets and stuff. Yeah, in the one that's like above Endor that you see the the Ewoks checking out, apparently. That Star Destroyer looks like it's split in two. It looks like someone pulled a hold of a maneuver on it.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: So, I need to check that out for myself. But I've seen people saying that. And that would be sort of a, an interesting visual nod to that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just... It is what it is. All right. Next up, we got one for Willis. Let's see what... Willis brings some some absurdity to these emails. So uh, we should probably be prepared. We'll strap strap on your your crazy pants. I don't know. Oh, boy. Uh, Ahoy, hoy. The Rise of Skywalker has replaced the question, where did Snoke come from, with why did Snoke come from? How would you feel about a prequel movie titled Snoke One? The film would basically be a ripoff of Forrest Gump and would follow the life of a giant as he tries to make his way in the universe. It would have no connection to the saga, The Skywalker saga until a post credit scene in which Snoke cuts Palpatine off in traffic, and the Emperor says, You just made a giant mistake. If you don't like that idea, why do you think Palpatine has chosen to repeatedly clone this random biggin'? May the force be with you, Willis.
0: The only thing I can think is maybe there's something special about Snoke's physiology that makes him easily controllable and powerful as a, like a force conduit. Like maybe he's brewed specifically to be, I don't know, a puppet, like a force conduit to where he doesn't have a hard time controlling him like a regular person with willpower or something like that. Yeah, see the
1: thing is, is the the line about Snoke in The Rise of Skywalker is so... Nebulous. He just says, "My boy, I made Snoke." You know what I mean? And that could mean very literally. He made Snoke. He created him.
0: Well, right? I mean, you see a bunch of his heads in a giant vat. Well, you see his whole bodies.
1: Like you see two clones, like they're all curled up in the fetal position. Okay, but you. It could also be he made him, quote-unquote, like a made man. He installed Snoke into power to do what he needed to do while he prepared for whatever his big final plan is. Apparently, trying to find Rey so he can transfer the essence of a thousand generations of Sith into her so she can become Empress Palpatine or whatever the fuck, right?
0: That's gross and creepy.
1: Um, But we don't really have a solid explanation. Like I said, we have one nebulous line that doesn't for sure. Like you can take it very literally and that could exactly be how it's meant. Uh, Just because you see this, the clones though, I don't know that that means that like the emperor created, created him. I'm hoping in the rise of Kylo Ren comic, we get a little more context and idea about, about how the whole Snoke thing works. Yeah, But for all we know, Snoke was like a Sith loyalist, like those guys we see in that that temple at the end who had a connection to the Force, to the dark side, and Palpatine just decided to use him in his stead. Like, we don't even know, like, to what extent Palpatine was controlling Snoke. Was it a literal control, like, puppeting him? Like, literally speaking out of his mouth? Or was it like...
0: Was he being guided? Guided,
1: exactly. God, that's a good way to put it. Um, and is I have to wonder if the point of the clones were, like, in case Palpatine wasn't ready to come back just yet, he could send Snoke back out there. Like, the clones confuse me as to what their exact purpose is. I won't lie. The
0: clones are what's making me think he's a puppet. Right. Like, I mean, you know, most of it seems like it's, you know, he's autonomous, right? Right. He just seems like his designs are his own. But then the clones makes me think, oh, well, maybe not. Maybe... Maybe he's being puppeted by Palpatine the whole time. And the other
1: weird little wrinkle to this, and this could just end up being like a weird contradiction within like Star Wars canon. So in the Rise of Kylo Kylo Ren comic, you see Kylo going to Snoke after the destruction of the Jedi Temple, right? Right. And when he sees Snoke, he remarks something to the effect of, wow. Wow master skywalker really fucked you up didn't he which to me implies that snoke's face is all scarred and fucked up because of luke luke did that to him right interesting but those clones they're all fucked up in the face right they are so you gotta think that you don't if those clones predate or have been around for a while like they don't just like they wouldn't have the same facial scarring right So that makes me wonder did they specifically make those Snoke clones look all battled and scarred so they could potentially take the place of Snoke if something happened to him? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that would be pretty much the only way I think you could explain that is like those were clones that were made after Snoke got all fucked up in case they, you know, something happened to Snoke and they needed one to take his place. It's confusing, it doesn't make a lot of sense, and I'm looking forward to some sort of ex- explanation eventually. Do you think they'll give you one? <clears throat> I, I think eventually. I mean, like I said, we got a, a whole comic miniseries that is diving into the Knights of Ren, Kylo Ren, and Snoke. and That seems like an awfully convenient place to put these kind of explanations. Now, how well that'll interface with the movie or... How much knowledge they had this stu- of this stuff in the movie? I guess we'll find out, you know? Yeah. I'll, say, I'll tell you this. When you read that comic, play, pay close attention to the design of the previous leader of the Knights of Ren. Because you get to see okay. who was the leader of the Knights of Ren before Kylo, and he looks pretty fucking cool.
0: Okay. I mean, you got me really excited to read this comic book now.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll hook you up with my login. <clears throat> All right, next up, we got an email from Dave. (coughs) Hey, Halls and Will. Hope you're enjoying the Life Day Break. My wife has been watching The Mandalorian, and she's gotten really invested in the story. Even though she historically likes Star Wars and watches the movies, she's not the kind to study up and listen to podcasts and read supplementary material and watch cartoons and all that. Several times when we have been watching, she has asked about the timeline of when the show occurs, not knowing if Luke or Obi-Wan are alive or dead, if Baby Yoda is literally Baby Yoda, or if the Emperor or Vader are in power. Even though we've talked about it a few times, I don't think she truly has a feel or remembers which era it's in or how this story ties into the greater universe. And I think it's fine because the story is relatively self-contained and doesn't ask that you know anything outside of the story it's telling you. It relies on the strength of its own characters. But I am a little concerned with the other series coming up That's going to be confusing asking general audience to know when they are in the story that's jumping back and forth through the eras with each show. It's it's one of the things that Disney has failed to really drive home in the sequel era, and I think it's something they have to address eventually. What has your experience been with non-obsessives about timelines and eras? Do you think it's something that needs more care, Dave, in South
0: Florida? Um I'll tell you I don't have a lot of experience in this department because I don't have anybody to really share it with like except for you and you know our fans in in my in my world there is no casual star watching star wars fan watching fan that I can explain in you know minute details to. Yeah, it's um It is interesting and it's, it's, it's the nature of the beast of jumping timelines anyway. Right. You know, starting at episode four, oh my God. Now, now anytime there's a Star Wars, you, you're asking, okay, when is this? When right. is this one? Like that's part of the beast of having these episodes in the sagas.
1: And I think Mandalorian does a pretty good job of showing you and telling you when it's set with like the whole, Discussions about the Empire falling and all that. Like, I think it actually does do a really good job within the show.
0: Most people who have kept up with Star Wars will be like, oh, this is after Return of the Jedi. And that's all we really need to know. Right. Yeah, I think for general audiences, you don't need
1: a hyper-specific this many years after this. Or, you know what I mean? Like, you do need a general idea of before this movie or after this movie, so on and so forth. Um, but I do it like, I, if I was in charge of marketing star Wars, like I don't know how you do approach this. And I, I think <clears throat> it was messier with the star Wars theatrical releases because I do know that were, there were people that were confused by rogue one. Like they went to see rogue one and they were wondering like, Oh, where's Ray and Kylo. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and that's just, it's a tough thing to market and and explain to people. I think with, like, Obi-Wan, that one is pretty easy because he's going to be living on Tatooine.
0: He's so, going to look like Ewan McGregor.
1: And he's going to look like an older version of Ewan McGregor than the last time we saw him in Star Wars, right? So I think that one's pretty easy.
0: You're going to know it's not old Alec Guinness Obi-Wan right, right. off the bat.
1: Right, and you're also going to know it's not young Obi-Wan from the prequels. Right. Right. <laughs> With the Cassian series, once again, I think that's pretty easy because, spoiler alert, he dies at the end of Rogue One. So it has to be set before Rogue One, right? But if I had to guess, I think the future theatrical Star Wars releases will probably be hyper-focused. And... Considering it seems like we're not getting spin-off movies now, it seems like that sort of thing will be explored in miniseries or series on Disney plus. I have a feeling like let's say uh, you know when the let's say that you know the 2022 release date sticks and that's the first movie of a new trilogy, something tells me that those three movies will be hyper specifically focused on a certain timeline in Star Wars. Be it post episode nine, be it pre prequels, you know, I have a feeling that it'll be to avoid avoid that kind of confusion where you have the sequel trilogy going, and then in between the sequel trilogy movies, you have a prequel to a new hope and another prequel to a new hope with a you know a young Han Solo to avoid that confusion. So. I think it will be a little more streamlined as far as theatrical stuff goes. Disney Plus, on the other hand, that's a that's a whole nother discussion. Who knows? That's a
0: horse of so a different color. It is.
1: <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I, and I totally get how it could be confusing to people. You know, like
0: Yeah, I get it. I mean, especially for the casual fan. Uh, that I understand most.
1: You know what I wonder? I wonder if people I wonder how confused people will be with the Black Widow movie that's coming out. Yeah. Because with a few exceptions, it feels like the Marvel movies have sort of been in a continuous timeline. Obviously, with the first Captain America movie, it goes back in time. With Captain Marvel, it's set in the 80s, right? right. Uh No, 90s. It's set in the 90s. But they all, like... All of those movies then immediately tie back into the central timeline that started with Iron Man and ended with Endgame. Black Widow is an interesting scenario where it's after Civil War but before Infinity War? Ooh. So And we've already seen that character die, right? Yeah. So will that be confusing to people? Will people go in thinking like oh she died in endgame this must be the movie where she comes back
0: i don't think people are going to think that to be honest
1: right but i could see how people become confused with that i don't think it's nearly as confusing as as star wars is because there's such a law like long gaps in the timeline like you know 20 years in between the prequels or whatever the prequels in the original trilogy 30 years in between that and uh, the sequel trilogy and all this stuff set in between. Yeah, I I do think they could do a better job of explaining that sort of thing um, to the general audiences. But I don't know how you go about doing it. I'm not really sure either. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm looking... And I think that does us for emails. Um, We recorded a little earlier this week than we normally do because we didn't have to wait till Friday to, um, you know, wait on the Mando episode. (coughs) Um, Not bad. Not bad for the first episode of the year, especially when I was wondering, like, what the fuck are we going to start talking about after episode nine?
0: Yeah, I think we did fine.
1: Yeah, I'm uh I'm wondering, you know, with the holidays coming to a wrap this this week and you got to figure people are back in the office full time over at Lucasfilm and Disney next week. How long is it till we finally get start getting those announcements that they've been talking about? Probably not too long.
0: No, they got to they got to keep something Keep people's hopes up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, I wanted to do a quick update on the uh box office for Rise of Skywalker. I haven't checked in today. See how it's doing.
0: I want to understand it's doing very well.
1: Yeah, I think it might be lagging a little bit, Um, but it had a very strong Christmas. Had a very strong, you know, first couple of weekends. So right now, worldwide box office 815 million so i would say that it's definitely destined to cross a billion that seems like a no-brainer it'll definitely reach the billion mark and then the question after that becomes where does it end up like with its final tally i always sort of predicted that it would be somewhere between The Last Jedi's 1.3 billion and The Force Awakens' 2 billion, there's no way it's going to, you know, beat, nothing's going to beat The Force Awakens for a very long time. For a Star Wars movie to beat The Force Awakens, Star Wars would have to go dormant for another 10 years and, like, really go off the map and then you have the big, holy shit, Star Wars is back.
0: Yeah, and let's Um, hope that doesn't happen.
1: Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. Um. so eh, I don't know so it's it's got to make another basically another 500,000 to meet the last Jedi or pass the last Jedi I guess it's po- possible I'm no box office analyst so what the fuck do I know I guess it all really depends on how it does this weekend hasn't had a ton of competition so that definitely helps it does help well Thanks for uh, recording with me, buddy. Um, Thank you for recording with me, buddy. we uh, If you got some time this weekend, we should jump on some Battlefront. We've played a couple of times, and it's been a lot of fun. It's been awesome. Well, guys, if you like our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They are Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Uh, leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you haven't already. And until next week, this has been Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Hal's Burkhart.
0: And I'm your host, Will Witten. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you.
2: May the force be with us.